Hey there, this is the Penny on Your Thoughts podcast, and I am your host, Penny Chason. I'm a board-certified hypnotist, intuitive, and experiencer. This podcast is about tapping into your subconscious to create a more aligned and abundant life. By leveraging our subconscious, we can master our thoughts, frequency, and vibration. Fusing the conscious, subconscious, and our consciousness is the science of expansion and soul satisfaction. Each week, I'll share in-depth interviews or solo episodes. This podcast was created to share how you have the power to create infinite potential within you. It's my intention that you find this podcast empowering, inspiring, and full of possibility. Now grab your favorite beverage and let's go. Hey, hey, beautiful souls. It's Penny and I'm happy to be back with another episode of Penny on Your Thoughts. I was about to say design your destiny, but we have been rebranded for five months now and it's just that Freudian slip. It's a perfect example of old neural pathways being there underneath the surface the same way when it turned 2024, if you were still writing 2023 on the things that you were signing, it's because you had built that habit and that neural pathway. Today, I want to talk to you about the identity gap. The identity gap is something that we all experience, each and every one of us. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a corporate professional, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're what people like to identify as, as a midlifer, and you're looking for the next invention or the reinvention of yourself. Anytime we're in one place and we have a desire or we're choosing to be in another place, we have an identity gap. In entrepreneurship, it's often talked about as you can't get to point B when you're at point A and you're making decisions from point A. If you're at point A and you're making point A decisions, you're going to get more of point A. If you want to be at point B, you not only have to know what that looks like, but you have to begin making decisions from that place. And this is something that oftentimes creates confusion for people or that lack of clarity where one moment it seems like, yes, this is what I want. And it's crystal clear. And then, you know, a few minutes, a few hours, a few days later, you're like, oh my God, what is happening here? Like I knew so clearly and now I feel like I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what direction to go. How is this going to happen? And that comes from the old identity wanting to operate as you are stepping into this new identity. When we're bridging this identity gap, there are many aspects that we want to shift. Obviously, we're going to change our habits. We're going to change the actions we're taking every single day. We're going to think about and look at things from a different, newer, or higher perspective. But underneath the surface, we have patterns that we have created, not just like a habit, but an entire pattern or a paradigm through which we operate. 
And then we have beliefs underneath that. And when we have beliefs or stories that are based on those beliefs, when we have those things running underneath the surface and we begin taking action, moving towards this new identity, as we begin to bridge that identity gap to step into who we want to be, when we have those deeper beliefs and we have those deeper stories, this is where the lack of clarity and confusion comes in because the mind, obviously, it wants to thrive. And the easiest way to thrive is to keep doing the same old thing because those neural pathways are already built. It requires minimal calorie expenditure. And I know, I know that sounds crazy, but that's the way our brain wants to work. It doesn't want to have to expend any more calories than it has to because it knows it's going to be its job to help you survive if something happens. So when we have these beliefs and stories underneath, it creates this confusion within the mind of, if I move forward with this, who am I? Now, I know you know who you are. Consciously, you know who you want to be. But subconsciously, you have this identity. You have this identity that's based on past experiences and the stories and the beliefs and how you have managed to navigate life in that past identity. It became your comfort zone. So when we step into this growth zone, we can end up with that lack of clarity. We can end up with that confusion. And people are... Airfingers, quote, quick to diagnose. Oh, you have a limiting belief. Oh, you have trauma. Well, we don't know that for sure. We don't know that for sure. I have had people who came to me because they were having behaviors that were, you know, widely attributed to trauma. And when we got down underneath the surface, did these people have trauma in their lives? Some of them, yes, they did. But the seed of the belief that led to the people pleasing or led to the feelings of not good enough, those things often were not rooted in trauma. Did the trauma reinforce the feeling? Did it reinforce the belief? Sure it did. But this is why sometimes addressing trauma doesn't solve a problem. Because many times it is the reinforcing event. It is not the origin of the problem. So you want to be able to give yourself the opportunity to be curious about what's really going on there and to not lock yourself into the idea that it has to be any one specific thing. Things can be both and, they can be either or. Now, you've heard me say before that for building new habits, for simply increasing confidence, breaking old habits that are just rooted in repetition, listening to hypnosis audios, those things work really well. But when we get it tied down to these pattern stories, beliefs, and values, we want a deeper approach. We want to have the ability to 
find that seed and unplant that seed. And that can be done a couple of different ways. But there's typically a lot of emotion built in around these things. I have shared before that I had a client that was very much a high achiever, very well established in their field, and was looking to make a career change in retirement. And it was a very similar field, but it was different. And you know how it is. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to us when we're doing something very similar, but because we're doing something different, all of a sudden, our brain throws up all kinds of roadblocks. And the roadblock that was happening for this person, the mental hurdle, the mental handbrake that was happening for this person was, I feel like I'm not good enough, which made no sense, right? I mean, from somebody on the outside looking in, it made no sense. And of course, when you're experiencing this and you know that from the outside looking in, it makes no sense, it creates more frustration for yourself. It can create feelings of guilt and frustration towards yourself that you're having this. The one thing that the person did share with me um, at one point was that I just never really had a good relationship with my mother. She took good care of me, but she, she just, you know, I always felt like she didn't love me, but we reconciled that later in life. So I put no assumptions on anything. We do the work. We go in and we, we, we connect with this feeling of not being good enough and we follow it to its origins. And as a three-year-old child, she was playing with blocks. And as she was playing with these blocks, building whatever, and her mom came to play with her. Her mom was like, oh, that's nice. Let's do this. And so her mom praised her, but her mom immediately went into, let's do this other thing. And so instead of seeing, oh, mom said this was a good job, what the little one picked up was, but I just built this and you're taking it down. Why are you taking it down? And that little mind immediately felt that something was wrong. That little mind immediately went into overdrive of why is mommy taking this down? Why is she rebuilding it? And I don't understand. And it led to this feeling of mommy didn't like it. I did it wrong. Mommy doesn't love me. As simple as that moment seems, it was a very, very, very emotional moment. There was decades of emotion that came out in that moment. Because in that moment, because her adult self had already reconciled with her mother. And when she recognized that it was this little moment that filtered her perception as a child to believing or having the misperception that she wasn't good enough in her mother's eyes, which ultimately meant I must not be loved because if mommy doesn't like me, I must not be loved. 
right? There was so much emotion that came out. There was relief that came out that, yes, mother always did love me. There was sadness that came out. There was grief that came out because this person was feeling all the years of lost connection and lost time because she had carried this erroneous belief that her mother didn't love her. So they never had that closeness, that connection that they wanted. But when we were finished with that process, it was so beautiful because she felt whole. That piece that felt like it had always been missing, shifting that perception around that one little event her mind was now able to see all of the love that her mother had given her all of those years before and to see it without the doubt of, am I doing something wrong? We end up creating stories around these events that happen to us. And if we're not careful, we can have an event happen and even though that event initially does not create any negative self-belief, if we repeat that story and we tell that story and we tell that story in the context of what happened to me, this is what happened to me, then we will end up filtering our environment through the lens of having been, you're not going to like this word, but it's the truth, having been a victim of whatever those circumstances were, even if you might not identify as a victim, and maybe you don't walk around and live a life as a victim, because all of us, I even do it myself. We don't live in victim mentality. We don't live our life as a victim. However, sometimes if we're not careful, our language and the way that we talk about something will shift into making us a victim of our circumstance. I can't because, oh, I can't do that because it's too cold outside. Well, that would be making me a victim of the weather. That's what I'm, what I'm guilty of. And I shouldn't say I can't because it's too cold outside. I should say I don't want to because I don't like the cold. That's accurate. And it's that subtle change in the way that we talk about something that can make a huge difference. I used to work with chronic pain clients, acute and chronic pain clients. And I also built out a hypnosis training for hypnotists so that they could learn effective techniques for pain management hypnosis. And one of the things that is a key indicator for how well someone is going to do on a chronic pain journey, whether they're using hypnosis or any other technique, is something called catastrophizing. And catastrophizing is the extreme end of it, but it's basically being a victim of how you feel and what's happened to you. And a lot of the people who experience chronic pain and develop catastrophizing, they weren't that person when it happened. People around them would say, oh, she was, she was never like this. Oh, Bob, he never, ever, you know, complained about anything. And now he's just like so negative and so down. And so what happens is 
if we tell a story and we begin telling a story or sharing an experience from the perspective of this happened to me, we become a victim of that circumstance. If we tell that story often enough without even becoming aware of it, we shift our identity to one of being at the mercy of someone or something else outside of us. And that is being a victim. It wasn't my intention to go down that rabbit hole talking about this identity gap, but given that the inspiration came and that's where I went, there's surely someone out there who is meant to hear that. It may not land for you personally, but it will land for someone because it never fails that when these things come through, I end up getting messages and emails and saying, oh my God, that was exactly what I needed to hear. So if bridging the identity gap is something that you're interested in, hypnosis is a powerful and rapid way to do it. I've shared this with you before. Therapy has 38% effectiveness over 600 sessions. Coaching is in that same category, except coaching isn't therapeutic. It's about moving the ball forward, not healing the things in the past. But coaching falls into that same category. Hypnosis is over 90% effective over six sessions when you're dealing with a single issue. You're dealing with a lot of multiple issues when you're dealing with these identity gaps. When someone comes to me and they're like, this, this is who I want to be. And we're dealing with multiple aspects of beliefs and habits and behaviors. We do a, a longer process than six calls so that we can work through that. And these clients have also done a lot of personal development work. I'm not their first, I'm not their first rodeo, right? And we accomplish more in that hypnosis than most of them have ever accomplished in years of therapy or coaching. And that's not to say that the therapy and coaching did not benefit them. But when they experience the subconscious experience, the amount of transformation that we accomplish in such a short period of time is always mind-blowing to them. They never thought they could go so far, so fast. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, well, you know, I'm just, I don't feel like I need hypnosis, but this sounds really interesting to me. I would really like to know a little bit more about hypnosis. Then I want to invite you to my masterclass. I'm having a masterclass on Saturday, learn to hypnotize anyone. And I'm going to share the secret to being able to hypnotize anyone. I am going to share with you what's going on in the subconscious mind behind the scenes. I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes as a hypnosis practitioner. And I am going to teach you how to deliver a hypnotic induction and emergence so that you can leave that master class and you can go hypnotize anyone. Click the link in the show notes or go to pennychason.com forward slash hypnotize, pennychason.com forward slash hypnotize, register, join me Saturday for the master class. You're absolutely going to love it. We're going to have some fun and you're going to get a snapshot. And if you've ever been hypnocurious, and you've wondered if being a hypnotist was for you, you definitely want to join this masterclass because 
no one ever wants to spend thousands of dollars investing in a training only to realize that it's neat, but it's not for me. And then on the other hand, it's an opportunity for you to get a taste of something that you might walk in and say, oh my God, this is absolutely amazing. This is my path. This is my purpose. Because when I trained to be a hypnotist, my identity was that of a nurse anesthetist. I was going to be a nurse anesthetist. I was going to work until I retired in my 60s. And then maybe I would do something else for fun. When I trained in hypnosis, I had no intention of becoming a hypnotist. But when I was in that training, the universe made it clear to me, this is your path. So you never know what might happen. All right, I will be back next week. I hope to see you Saturday. Remember, we all have this identity gap. And the fastest way to bridge the beliefs, the stories, and the patterns that are causing you to not get there as fast as you would like to, hypnosis is the best, the fastest, the most effective bridge to get to who you're ready to be.